Did you know that Americans mail approximately 1.3 billion Christmas cards each year? And if you stack all of those cards together, it would be 14,300 miles tall. But let's talk about it. Welcome to Design Dive, the podcast that explores design that's all around us every Wednesday in just 10 to 15 minutes so you can get on with your day. My name is Chris Downs, and whether you're a designer or just simply curious about how design impacts our everyday life, you're in the right place. So let's dive in. For this episode, we will be discussing the Christmas card just in time for the holiday season. And this is a friendly reminder, if you haven't mailed your Christmas cards, you better get them out right now if you haven't done so. You might have enough time. But this episode is about not about guilt tripping you to mailing off those cards. It's about talking about the history behind it and why were they designed the way they are today? And how has that influenced maybe the way that you have chosen to mail off cards? So let's talk about it. How does the world perceive Christmas cards? You might say, oh, it's to show off achievements that the family's done for the year, or I got one from the neighbors, so I guess I should mail one out too. Or it's just a tradition. My family's been doing it for years. But I want you to think about if you do mail off cards, why do you do it? What's the reason behind it? There is a long history of Christmas cards, and I'll tell you about it. But like I said in the beginning, 1.3 billion Christmas cards are mailed each year. So I would say Christmas cards aren't going anywhere. They're very much a part of society today. But let's talk about the birth of the Christmas card and where it came from. The English ritual of sending holiday cards dates all the way back to about the middle of the 19th century. We have a man by the name of, well, two men, but the first, Thomas Sherlock. He was from Leith, Scotland, who in the 1840s, he made a card that showed this happy-looking man with a, a phrase that could be given to family, friends uh, for the holidays. Sir Henry Cole also did something similar, uh, but he was attributed to being the first commercially produced Christmas card in 1843. He was the first director of London's Victoria and Albert Museum, and he commissioned an artist to create 1,000 engraved holiday cards in, again, 1843. Now, imagine being that artist and being told, okay, I need 1,000 cards. You know, in those days, you know you can't just go to your local printer and just bust out all those prints. All those had to be done very much manually. So it was a very painstaking process. But Cole's greeting card featured a a nice looking family in the center with around it had them doing kind of some uh, holiday charitable type uh, actions and then a nice little Merry Christmas message at the bottom. So very much kind of the Christmas card that we know and 
understand a little bit today. But from there, we start to see the rise of the Christmas card industry. We see advances in printing technology and mail service, and we see a more common practice of mailing off the commercially produced Christmas cards in society. By the 1880s, we start to see this trickle into America, and American families are also sending out these holiday greeting cards as well. So why was this the case? Why all of a sudden this big rush to to mail off these cards? Well, the practice really thrived amid a, a post-Civil War industrialization era. We have kind of the demise of family farms where people are moving into uh, factories and outside farms to be able to make a living for themselves. And so we see relatives spread out geographically all over the place. So in order to make those family connections, traveling wasn't easy at that time. So a convenient way was mailing off Christmas cards to be able to nurture those relationships and keep tabs on family that may have moved away. A man by the name of Louis Prang was considered to be the father of the American Christmas card. He was a German immigrant and around that time he produced really nice looking Christmas cards that were reasonably priced and were uh, chromolithographed, which is a fancy word for basically just printed in color, uh, these cards for the mass market. But with that, there came some challenges being able to make that many cards and, and sell them off. There were criticisms in 1885 for the lack of anything new and exciting. It just felt kind of dull Nothing really new was hitting the shelves, and it didn't really connect with the emotions people wanted to convey. So sales lagged, and they struggled to sell cards. Sometimes even printing would mess up images, and so you might see uh, individuals that didn't look quite right on the Christmas cards, so it kind of felt half-baked. In the early 1900s, we start to see improvements to those the, the quality of these prints and image reproduction technology allowed for greeting cards to surge to new heights. We start to see a new series of Christmas cards enter the picture with photorealistic prints. So much more exciting and things that people could connect with. But along with being able to connect with the audience, they also featured new subjects relating to sports themes, landscapes, and even patriotic drawings of men in military uniforms because around that time was World War I, so it was definitely on everyone's mind. As technology improves, once again, we start to see another boost in here in the 1920s. The industry employed more than 5,000 American workers and as many as 40 factories were dedicated to producing these these cards. Each year's new designs that were made were produced by very well-paid artisans that closely guarded and protected these designs, drawings 
to limit being copied by rivals at the time. Their tactics grew to be more assertive. They were trying to convince the public that, hey, this is a normal thing. It's been around forever, when in actuality it's only been around for 40 years, which in the grand scheme of things isn't that long. But, hey, this is a a long tradition that you should adopt and, and do. And ultimately it, it did catch on and people bought the idea. They liked the appeal of them and really made it a tradition. There was also social pressures because, hey, your friends are doing it. So what what are you doing? Are you sending out these cards to your loved ones? And so it, the, the idea really stuck. We also see nonprofits entering the picture. Nonprofits were raising money by selling these special sets of cards that had their logo on it and an image that would be inspired by its mission, what it was trying to accomplish. And some of the images were even drawn or painted by children. And this was an idea that really sold and brought in a lot of money to these nonprofits. And ultimately, yes, they... They benefited um, all sorts of causes, but being able to show off a charity that you supported and that you had contributed in some way to this charity was another selling point and made people want to buy these carts. But now we get to today's day and age, and really the holiday card industry has adjusted several times to so many changes. Now we have these mass-produced cards that easily can be customized with family names, pictures, news updates. There's no more signing uh, by hand. All of it's printed. You don't have to worry about it. There's even the ability to have custom-printed envelopes or or print your envelopes at home. Um, But even then, industries have reached out to different audiences beyond just the Christmas Christian realm. They've reached out uh, and advertised uh, just generic holiday cards, uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. They've made that widely available for different audiences. And even nowadays, we have online customization to just simply dragging and dropping. And even companies that offer, hey, we'll ship the card for you. All you have to do is show us what you want the card to look like, who you want to mail it to, and we'll do the rest. Uh, So it's been amazing to see how today's day and age has adjusted to this. But what's the future of holiday cards? Now that we're in a digital era, is it going to affect this tradition? I mean, there's really other ways to accomplish the same thing. Think of social media. I can put some pictures on social media, put maybe an update on how our family's doing, and it goes out to hundreds of people that I have in my friends list and and they can see message like, I mean, that's more interactive than a card. Um, And there's even direct messaging if you want to get more personal or even video calling to be able to have a conversation. Again, I know that there's so many different motivations to why the, the Christmas card is the way it is, but I want you to think about why you send out the Christmas cards. What's the motivation behind it? And I personally think that they're fun and it's a different way to receive an update from someone than the norm, especially in the digital era. 
I think we look at receiving mail as almost a novelty uh, nowadays, um, and we look at emails and texts as being uh, as just the everyday. So I think we can expect Christmas cards to last for a while. I mean, surprisingly enough, the design, the idea behind it has lasted for over 140 years. So I, I think we know that the Christmas cards are still coming to show up on your fridge every single year. But with that, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a great New Year. And that's our dive. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow the channel, leave a rating or review, and share this podcast with others. But until next time, keep learning, stay inspired, and remember, design is all around us. See ya.